How's it going, everybody? This is Chris. Welcome to episode three of Weblapsed, where the Beyond Baton has been handed from Zeb Wells to Kelly Thompson, and uh, we're about to find out just how well she's able to run with it. Let's hop right in. This is Amazing Spider-Man, volume five, number 77, out of December 2021 cover date, and a legacy number of 878. The story is, uh, well, it's kind of untitled. It doesn't say anything in the book, but the cover does say Beyond Chapter 3. Written by the aforementioned Kelly Thompson, with art by Sarah Pacelli. Colors Nolan Wooded. Led his VCs Joe Caramagna. The Beyond Board is Ziegler, Ahmed, Wells, Gleason, Thompson. Edits Kohik, Lois Sabolsky. Cover price four bucks. This one went on sale October the 27th of 2021. Now we open on the cover, actually. Uh, we've got uh, Spidey, Ben, pinned up against a wall with a metallic hand wrapped around his throat and a blade being brandished in his face. Now, as we open the book, we realize that the mitt belongs to Misty Knight, and the blade is being wielded by uh, Cyclops' old girlfriend, Colleen Wing. Anybody remember that? Now, you see, Ben is in the middle of some Beyond brand sparring with the Daughters of the Dragon, and, uh, well, they do appear to have his number. Sort of, kinda, anyway. We pop up to the control area of this Beyond Brand danger room, where we can see that this bout is being watched by our new pal Marcus and a woman with an awful pink bowl haircut. She seriously looks like uh, she's fresh out of the monastery or something. Anyway, they call the session off, and the lady, a Maxine Danger, enters the <clears throat> danger room. And I do believe this is Ms. Danger's first appearance. Once she's in there, she asks Ben for a walk and talk, and uh, as they do just that, we can see a bunch of Beyond Brand bubbles floating around. And I feel like I'm saying Beyond Brand an awful lot today, and uh, we're just barely past the full-page spread of credit at this point. Now, these bubbles have little organisms in them, and they're uh, actually quite cute. We see, like, a weird fish with feet, uh, not to be confused with a land shark, though this is Kelly Thompson, it might just be an Easter egg for us. Uh, there's also some tiny robots who look like the clank half of Ratchet and Clank, just in these little bubbles. Anyway, Maxine is basically telling Ben that she needs him to be a serious Spider-Man. She brings this up as she has a real problem with our man going offline for a little bit last issue. Now, if you recall, he took off the costume while he was getting Peter into the hospital as to not arouse any sort of suspicions. He attempts to explain this in a roundabout way, but Ms. Danger just ain't hearing it. She doesn't want any excuses, she just wants assurance that Riley has as much skin in this game as Beyond does. Because, as she puts it, there's a great difference between being Spider-Man and being a scraggly, almost Spider-Man. Ben tells her that he's their man. Well, their Spider-Man. Our pair part company outside the office of Dr. Ashley Kafka so Ben can have his session. And we waste no time, either. We join Ben as he's chatting up Doc Kafka. 
Anybody else remember when the Spidey fanbase got really annoyed when they prettied up old Dr. Kafka and made her younger and slimmer? I vaguely remember that, but it's been ages since I last thought about it. Anyway, here we get a pretty interesting anecdote from Ben regarding a discussion he once had with Uncle Ben. Well, first, he talks about how a pal of his was heavily influenced by their father figure, and of course he's referring to Peter. Then he tells his story. Now, the story is about a time that Aunt May had kind of nagged him about fixing one of the steps on the front porch, but being a kid, he just put it off. Then, one day, Aunt May slipped and fell because of the step's state of disrepair. And so, Ben slash Peter swallowed a big old gulp of Parker slash Riley guilt and proceeded to fix the step, even though at that point it was a pouring rain. So far, so good, right? We got the story. So, as he's hammering away on this step back in the long ago, Uncle Ben joins him and says, Well, huh. Check this out. Ben actually can't remember what Ben said to him. Hmm. That's curious, isn't it? We'll talk about that a bit later. Anyway, Ben asks Kafka if it's strange that he doesn't remember this. And she doesn't seem to think that it is. She just suggests that he's perhaps been overworked of late. She says she'll pull some strings with the Beyond Brass in order to get him a night or two off-duty, to which Ben is quite relieved. He says that he and Janine would really, really dig an uninterrupted date night. We shift scenes over to McCarthy Med, where Aunt May is still sat at Peter's bedside, and she's refusing to budge an inch. MJ tells her that at this point there's really nothing either of them can do, and she, you know, urges May to go home and just get some rest, but May ain't having it. She then asks Mary Jane if uh, she might be able to get some help from some of Marvel's bigger movers and shakers. MJ says she's uh, she's already tried. She's actually already attempted to try to get a hold of Doctor Strange, but, you know, he's currently busy dying. Also, she reached out to Tony Stark. And hey, remember how in one of those many Marvel Nows where we kind of shifted MJ out of the Spidey cast and then dropped her into Iron Man's? Yeah, that was uh, the craps, wasn't it? Uh, In any event, all of Mary Jane's contacts are otherwise engaged. At this point, Aunt May says she's going to do something that might annoy Peter, but it also might save his life. Which, and I tell you what, this is like the worst parts of the the spoilery nature of the comics internet and the spoilery nature of Marvel solicits, because, uh, I mean, (laughs) we know what this is leading to. If If you follow the solicits... Or if you dare to look at your feed on social media, you already know where this is headed, which stinks, but I mean, it is just the world we live in now. This would have been a ton more satisfying had it not been spoiled, you know, weeks and months ahead of time. Anyway, as Aunt May leaves to go do that thing, uh, we close out our scene with Black Cat popping her head down to see Peter's current comatose state. Scene shift to the Beyond Brand Gilded Cage where Ben and Janine reside. Now, Ben returns to the pad, and Janine jokes about how his therapist is named Kafka. She goes on to reference Franz Kafka's The Metamorphosis, suggesting that perhaps one of these days Ben will return home half-cockroach. And she makes sure to clarify that this means that he'd be half-cockroach, half-spider, 0% man. And he's like, hey, that's fine by me. After all, it's the man part that always seems to be getting him into trouble anyway. From here, she gives us the gilded cage bit. Uh, Janine is feeling awfully poetic today. Uh, She says that no matter how nice their current digs are, uh, she still feels like something of a prisoner. 
She doesn't want to complain, though, as it's better than where she'd come from. And I'm not sure what or where she's referencing, or if it's ever been revealed in story, I'll just assume that it wasn't a great place. And maybe we'll learn more about it, maybe we'll be refreshed on what it is, but at this point it really doesn't matter. Anyway, before they can catch up any more, Ben's Dick Tracy watch pings, and, well, he's got a split. As he leaves, he tells Janine that he's been promised a night off soon, so they're going to have themselves a date. Now, this takes us to our wrap-up, where Spider-Ben finds himself in an alley where... Ugh, Morbius is standing over some bodies. I hate Morbius. I've always hated Morbius. He's a very boring character, in my opinion. And his design here looks pretty rotten, too. Uh, His face is just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Like... Uh, Mr. Sinister with a, you know, a tub of mascara and clown paint couldn't make himself look this ridiculous. And he's also got these tiny wings sprouting out of his back. I don't know if that's new or not, but this is where we currently are. Anyway, Ben approaches and tries to settle old Michael's tea kettle, but that ain't gonna work. So, it's time to throw down. And we close out with a cliffhanger I feel like we've seen dozens of times before. Uh, Pretty much any time we have a hero fighting a vampire, we get this cliffhanger. Uh, They fight for a bit, Morbius gets behind Spidey, and sinks his teeth into his neck. Now, if I had to guess, I'd say that maybe the first or second panel of the next issue will reveal that Ben's got some anti-vamp beyond tech in his uh, suit that kept Mike's fangs from sinking in fully. But we will have to wait until next time to find out. Alrighty, so let's talk about this here. Um... You know, my disdain slash indifference to Morbius aside, I'm still really, really enjoying this project. Um, The amount of world-building that the Beyond Board are doing here makes this feel like something that's been, you know, actually well thought out. You know, every scene feels meaningful. And that's no easy task, is it? I mean, just look at our other show, you know, X-Lapsed, where we look at the X-Books... Sometimes that feels like we're hurting cats, and it feels like some of the writers aren't reading the other writers' work, and sometimes things are contradictory, sometimes we can't place things where they are. In fairness to the X team, though, there are a lot more books and a lot more characters, a lot more moving parts, a lot more creators involved in the Krakoan corner of the Marvel Universe. So maybe it's not a fair comparison. It's probably not. But uh, just going from that to this, and yes, we are still very, very early in the Beyond run here, but everything feels like it's building to something. I mean, it might be silly of me to (laughs) say this only, what, 60 pages into a story who we don't know how long it's going to run, but everything feels like it matters. So let's talk about this chapter, this third chapter, and my main takeaway from it, uh, the thing from this chapter that I'd really like to see fleshed out, and I mentioned this during the synopsis that we would be digging a little deeper into this, but uh, Ben forgetting what Uncle Ben told him really sticks with me. It really resonates with me here. It, it, and it, the way it was given to us here, the way it was entered into the story, it almost seems like something we don't need to talk about, right? It was very, very subtle. A lot of nuance here was just like a, an aside, an anecdote, things that we're not supposed to focus on, which is why it's so brilliant. Now, the thing about Ben, let's think about Ben from, you know, from when we first met Ben. The thing that makes him the perfect fill-in, the the perfect proxy Spider-Man, is that he was raised to have the, you know, old Parker guilt and values set, right? 
It's basically like having Peter in the webs, only without a lot of the more problematic baggage that a Peter Parker, a continuity-heavy Peter Parker might carry with him. At least that's how Marvel attempted to sell him to us back in the 1990s. It was an unmarried Peter, a more relatable single Peter. It was just a way to remove some of that baggage in a comic booky sort of way. No deals with the devil, nothing like that. Just, you know, some good old Marvel, everything you thought you knew was wrong. Back before it was kind of a parody, you know. But uh, with all that said, Ben is the perfect proxy. He has the same guilt. He has the same values. He was raised by the same people. So if we were to start taking elements of the Parker values away from Ben... Via, you know, forgetfulness Or perhaps the old uh, clone degradation That we were told to be wary of back during the 90s clone saga Well, what does that mean for the way, you know, Ben will fill out the suit? How is he going to behave? How is he going to conduct himself? If he forgets all of his uh, seminal life lessons Well, does that change him at his core? Does that change who he is? Does that change his goal set? Does that change his motivation? And since we get the impression here that he realizes that he's forgetting, does that put us in something of a Flowers for Algernon sort of situation? Like, where he feels himself losing touch with his core values. He notices he's changing and realizes that there's nothing that he can do about it. I really like that idea. I like... Because that's that's the thing about Flowers for Algernon, is that it's... um, It's heartbreaking in ways that stories seldom are You know, there is a There is a bad end coming for uh, for Charlie Gordon, right? And he knows it And there's nothing he can do about it Is that where we're going with Ben? Maybe Or maybe I'm just a hair too, you know, hyper-focused on a single throwaway line Maybe I'm taking some red herring bait here I don't know, we're not sure yet But I am most definitely looking forward to seeing how it plays out And I'm hopeful that we do get some uh, examination of uh, what would happen Should a Spider-Man forget about what made him Spider-Man in the first place Could be very, very interesting And with the creative team we have on board here um, I I have a lot of faith in the success of a story like that Now my other big takeaway here is one that was Kind of ruined for us uh, what, What's Aunt May talking about? You know, desperate times call for desperate measures, right? Unfortunately, it's already been spoiled for many of us <laughs> But uh, in the interest to all y'all who haven't yet been spoiled I won't say anything more about it Other than it's probably going to be very interesting Now, other, other than those two things We did move ahead with our story And everything flowed quite well This was our first creator transition in this project. As I mentioned, Wells handed the Beyond Baton off to Kelly Thompson, and, as expected, she ran with it and pulled off a heck of an issue. The art from Sarah Pacelli was good as well, though the Morbius looks a little campy. I don't know if he's supposed to be a campy character now. I do know that there's eventually going to be, or maybe there already is, a Lord Help Us Morbius movie. Are they going like full-blown Frankenfooter with him in it? I don't know. Overall, I'm still having a whole lot of fun with this, and I'm still excited for more. And that is what we in the biz of talking way too much call a win-win. Next time out, we'll be taking a look at the next part of the Morbius storyline, 
And down the line, we'll be getting into uh, the Death of Doctor Strange one-shot. We'll be integrating some uh, Miles Morales in here that are uh, beyond tie-ins. I'm going to try to make this as all-inclusive as X-Lapsed here, where I just discuss everything that has Spider-Ben in it, or anything that's associated with the Beyond uh, overarching storyline. If anyone listening realizes that I may have neglected an issue somewhere down the line, or anywhere in this process that I just didn't realize was part of it, Please do not hesitate to let me know, and I will run out, grab it, and we will include it and discuss it as we uh, move forward. We don't have any mailbag here. We're still very, very young in this uh, WebLaps project here, so uh, I'm hopeful and confident that we will be uh, getting some feedback as we move forward, but uh, just not yet. We're still very, very young in this project. I also don't know how I'm going to handle shoutouts just yet, since we are so X-lapsed heavy on the channel, and I usually cover all the shoutouts there. So, um... We'll just play that by ear as we work our way through. But I definitely wanted to thank the patrons over at patreon.com slash xlapsed for all of their support. Andrew Franklin, Ed Moore, Walt Nealon, Jeremiah, Jason Colby, The Scary Stuff Podcast, Jesse DeYoung, Damian, Peter McPherson, Mark Jagger, Herman, and Andrew in Belfast. Thank you all so much for believing in me and uh, being with me on this project and all of the projects at uh, chrisandreggie.podbean.com and Chris is on Infinite Earths. And now if anybody out there would like to get a hold of me and maybe uh, maybe give us some feedback on the program, please feel free to do so. I would love to hear from you. You can find me several different places. You can find me on Twitter at Ace Comics. You can shoot me an email over to weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com. It's also that Instagram that I... Still really don't know how to how to use very well, but that is 90s X-Men. There is, of course, the X-Lapsed voicemail hotline, which will also be the Web-Lapsed voicemail hotline. You can reach that at 623-396-JERK. As mentioned, blog posts and show notes are available at chrisisoninfiniteearths.com. You can join us on Facebook. That group is 90s X-Men. And, of course, chrisandreggie.podbean.com is the home of the archives. You can find any of the audio there, and you'll find it on any podcast aggregation thing. And finally, there is the Patreon, patreon.com slash xlapsed for behind-the-scenes stuff, exclusive content, and a great group of folks to chat with. But I think that's where I will button it for today. I want to thank you all so much for joining me and sharing a little bit of your day with me. I'm having a really good time getting back into the webs here, and I hope uh, you feel the same way. And uh, maybe this program inspired you to, uh, to maybe add a, well, I would say add a book to your pull list, but this book comes out like, what, 13, 14 times a month now? So uh, that's kind of a big ask, isn't it? Um, I tell you, though, I'm having a great time with it. And uh, personally, I consider it uh, a worthwhile, I don't want to say investment, because uh, well, I haven't checked my speculatory apps just yet. But uh, I'm confident that you'll enjoy it. But uh, again, I, that's where I will stop talking. And uh, one more time, thank you all for sharing some of your day with me. And until next time, as always, I'll talk to you again real soon. See ya. Destroying time, no more problems on the way.